You're listening to the Sunday morning message from Clouds Creek Baptist Church. Join us for worship Sunday morning at 11. Or for more information, visit cloudscreek.org. Happy anniversary. That's what you're supposed to say, right? Right? Like, that's what I feel like that's like the natural response. Like, happy anniversary, y- y'all. Uh, Uh, I'm so excited and so thankful. I'm really excited for today. Uh, If you've been with us the past couple weeks, we had just hopped into a series in 1 Corinthians that we're calling Flawed Church. Uh, We are taking a break from that because what we do here on Anniversary Sunday is we talk about our vision, our purpose as Clouds Creek. Right? Like, vision is really important. I love that Kathy started off. I really appreciate you reading that covenant because there's so much of that covenant that is in my message today. And I'd never even heard that before today, right? Like, this is so cool to see that, that the people who founded this church, they didn't want it to just be like, all right, well, we come here and we sit together, right? Like, there was a desire for this church to grow and to do things, to do what God has asked them to do. And so that's what we're going to do today. And if you've ever wondered if vision is important, uh, I know I I used football as an analogy last week. I'm going to use it again today and probably forever. Um, So like if you don't know football, watch a game. It'll help you keep up on Sundays. It's really easy. Um, If you don't like sports, maybe I'll use a different analogy at some point. But for a while, it's going to be football. Um, So yesterday, if the team had come out and the coach just said, hey, go, go out there. And that's all he had done. They would have lost. They were a much better team, right? Like, I get it, okay? But, like, the whole point of football is there is a vision. What's the point of football? To win. How do you win? You score more points. How do you score points? Touchdowns, first and tens. I, I was getting there, Steve. Don't jump ahead. How do you score points? Touchdowns or field goals if, if you're not that great. And then how do you get touchdowns? First and tens. How do you get, how do you get first and ten? Three yards at a time, right? Like there are these steps. There are these steps that you have to take. So if the coach, if all he does in practice is say, we got to work on catching the ball. You got to catch the ball better than anybody else. You got to make sure when you have the ball that you hold on to the ball. That's it. We got to make sure that when you're running up the field with a receiver, don't even look at him. They'll call it pass interference. Like, you got to make sure that you don't do that. But if he forgets to reinforce, we got to get yards, we got to get first downs, we got to get touchdowns. If he forgets to reinforce that, You can play great football, hold on to the ball, catch all the passes you want. If you're running in weird directions, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? You have to have vision. So if I come in here as your pastor and I just say, hey, read your Bibles, pray for people, be honest, trustworthy, love people really well, but we forget the vision, we're just wandering aimlessly, right? So just like in anything else in life, particularly in football. Like, it's important to have a vision. The coach has to say, look, this is what we're here to do today. We're not just here to gain two yards of play. We're not just here to catch passes. We're here to score touchdowns. We're here to win the game. So what does that look like for the church? What is that process for us? Because if we just come in here 
If you've just been coming here, some of you guys, for over 50 years, if you've just been coming, why are you here? What's the why? What are we doing? What are we doing here? That's what I want to talk about today. What are we doing here? If, you've just, if you're just coming here to sit in a comfortable seat, one, you picked the wrong seats because these are not super comfortable, right? If you're just coming here to be with people, that's not the point. The purpose of God's church can be summed up in three words, right? This is kind of like, of course, you can use a ton of words, right? But like lowest common denominator, these are the three words that I like to use when we're talking about what our job is as the church. Those three words are connect, grow, serve. Connect, grow, serve. And this is kind of a process, right? Like, that's why I drew the arrows. It's not just like, oh, he likes arrows. Um, It's like a process. So when you have a new believer, right, the first thing they do is they connect to God through salvation. That's the first thing that happens. Then they also connect to the church and community. And then what has to happen is that believer then starts to grow. And once that believer has started the process of growth, then they move into this, this mode of serve. They serve inside the church. They serve outside the church. And what's cool is that service that leads to the salvation of others, which is then connecting people to God. And it's a cycle. So people move through this process and then connect others back to God. This is the point of the church. And this isn't just something I made up. First of all, I didn't make it up. I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where it was, or I would give them credit. But also, that person didn't make it up either. Right? Like it's just a summary of what we've already seen in Scripture. I want to look at two passages today that I'm going to reference a lot. We're going to keep coming back to these passages, so try to remember at least the gist of them um, because I'm going to keep coming back to them. The first one is Jesus' last command to his disciples in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. He says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The next passage I want to look at is is the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2. If you've been around church, you've probably heard this one as well. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved." Connect, grow, serve is a summary of these two passages. If you were to summarize these two passages into three words, at least the words I would pick would be connect, grow, and serve. And this is not just a process for new believers either. This is a continuing, ongoing process for those of us who are matured, maturing believers who have been around for a while. What I want us to do today is look at each one of these things and see how we live that out and how specifically Clouds Creek Baptist Church gives us an opportunity to do each one of these things and what we need to do in order to carry them out. First thing is to connect to God. I said earlier there's this kind of like connect. You got two things, connect to God and connect 
to community. So the first thing is to connect to God. I said earlier that this is salvation for an unbeliever, right? Like the initial connection to God through salvation. But what about for those mature believers who have already experienced salvation, those of us who we've already had that happen? Well, the next thing is worship. We connect to God as believers through worship. We are most connected to God when we are letting go of ourselves to worship him, whether that's through the study of scripture or prayer or singing, whatever it is, it is that connection to God. In those two passages I brought up a second ago, we see this carried out uh, through these phrases. First of all is make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is that salvific salvation for people who do not know God. In Acts, it says they were praising God. They gathered together and they worshiped. This is a twofold idea of the word connect. It is salvation for the non-believer. We want to give them a place to do that here at Clouds Creek. That's why every week I have a time where I, I ask, I explain the gospel. I explain that if we don't have Jesus, this is, this is what needs to happen. I invite people to come pray. We want people to hear the gospel. We want the lost to experience salvation. We also want to be a place where people who already have a relationship with God can come and connect to him in worship. And that's why we sing together. That's why we have a time to study scripture together. That's why we want to provide a place for you to connect to God. The second part of connect is connecting in community. We have to connect in community. This is a big one because true community isn't just knowing someone's name and where they work. It's getting to where you're doing life with this person. And if we aren't being authentic, then we aren't really connecting. There's a level of intimacy in connecting with community. We have to be willing to be vulnerable with what we're going through. We have to be willing to let people in, and that's a difficult thing to do sometimes. If you just attend a church, any church, I don't care if it's here or any other church, if you just show up on Sunday mornings, you get here for the time service starts and you leave as soon as it's over, you're not going to feel connected. I've had two experiences at pretty significantly large churches. I'm talking churches that have 1,000 to 1,500 people plus there on a Sunday morning. And I had two vastly different experiences. I went to one church where I just showed up. I just showed up when the service started. I went there for about two months. Nobody ever knew my name. Nobody cared if I was ever there. It just was like, what am I doing here? And so I felt like I didn't matter. And I was only there for like a month, maybe two months. The second church was equal, almost equal in size. But when I got there, I signed up for what they called life groups, which is like their version of Sunday school, basically. So I signed up for a life group. I got plugged in there. I started serving in the church. And so I found a way that I was connected. And that church did not feel like a massive church anymore because I was connected. People knew who I was. People knew when I wasn't there. I felt connected. If we just show up to church, then we're never going to feel connected. In the example set before us in Acts, what the early church looked like, they didn't just worship together and then go home, right? There was so much more of an individual connection. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. It also says all the believers were together and had everything in common. 
And then it says, they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor, the favor of all the people. They didn't just gather together and then leave. These are people that they started to intertwine their lives. They were growing together in intimacy. Listen, I have no illusions of grandeur that you guys come to this church because of me. Like if you wanted more entertaining teaching, there are far more entertaining pastors and speakers than me. If you wanted deeper theological teaching, that's probably pretty easy to find. Like you can find somebody who has more knowledge and is going to teach deeper than I teach. If you're just going to church because of a pastor, you're eventually going to be disappointed because all pastors are just humans. They cannot live up to every expectation that you have for them. And that's why community is so important. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen here. Those of you who know people who have left the church, most of the time it's because they were isolated. They maybe withdrew and they weren't plugged into small groups. They weren't plugged into serving anything. They were just attending on Sunday mornings and eventually they just kind of fade away. They stopped coming to anything other than the service. And if you're all about if the only thing you're about is the Sunday morning experience, if that's all you're looking for, you're never going to find a home church. You're never going to find a church that feels like home if all you're looking for is a great Sunday morning experience because there's always somebody who's going to do it better. There's going to be a church that pops up that it's like, man, I really like that pastor. I really like their music. I'm going to go over there. And you're there for a little while, things start to get stale, things start to get boring in another church. It's like, ooh, I heard about them. They've got a really good speaker. They've got a really good music. If that's all you're looking for, you're never going to find a church home. You're just going to continue to find the next good thing that makes you feel good for a little while. That's not living in community. A Sunday morning experience will not fill the void for community that you were created with. What's amazing is that God himself exists in community. God in himself is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you're trying to just show up and live in spiritual isolation, that's not how you were created. You're not created for spiritual isolation. You're created in an image of a God who exists inside a community. Jesus uses the parable of the sower to talk about different environments of community. And that, that parable is, I feel like, been beaten into the ground by a lot of pastors who try to figure out the meaning. But one thing that is for sure is it is a story about community. Where is that seed ending up? Because the community, a good, authentic, growing community is fertile soil. If you're trying to grow in your walk without community, you're going to be like the seed that's scattered on the pavement. It has nothing around it that's going to help has no depth. It has nothing that's going to help you when things get hard. But also, church, don't miss this. We don't want to be the soil that has thorns. Because there is a soil that grows up. And the flowers and the seed can take root and start to grow. But it is soon choked out by the thorns that are around it. There's a challenge for us as a church to not be a place that is going to be judgmental, to not be a place that is going to choke people out because we are pushing in on them. 
And we have to give people room to grow. Community doesn't just pretend to have it all together. That is not fertile, good soil. This brings us to the next step of the process. If we want people to grow, that's the next part, is grow. Growth is a major focus of these passages that we've read today. I have no desire for people to just be led to Jesus and be like, all right, that's it, that's great. A lot of times this is what's done at these big conferences or big things, which I'm not saying are a bad thing. But the point is not, let's get people saved and then just say, all right, go. We have to give people a place and room to grow. It's kind of like giving somebody a car without teaching them to drive, right? Like, this is great. Like, the car is a great thing, but if you don't know what to do with it, why do you have it, right? And when Jesus sends out his disciples, he doesn't just say, go share the gospel with everybody, right? That's not it. He says, go and make disciples, which is that process of a believer who is committed to growing. And he also says that they should be teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There's a teaching aspect. It's not just, you're saved, awesome, you're good to go. In Acts, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Growing is a vital part of the Christian life. If we're just content being saved and we don't want to grow, we're going to miss out on so much of the goodness of who God is. We're going to miss out on what Jesus has done for us if we're not growing. And we're not going to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And this is the stage of the process, this idea of grow. This is the stage that you are never done with. It's not like, it's not like okay, I've grown, time to serve. That's not how it works. I don't care if you're 16 or if you're 90, you should still be growing. If we're stuck in our ways or if we're stubborn, we're not giving room to grow. We still have to be willing and recognize that we have more to learn. The way that we do that here at Clouds Creek are through several things. First of all is what you're doing now. You're sitting under theologically sound preaching. And listen, I'm not saying that I'm the best preacher, but if I ever stray from the truth, I pray that the Lord takes my vocal cords. I have no desire to teach something that is false. It doesn't matter how incredibly good-looking or hilarious your pastor may be. (laughs) If he's teaching opinions or politics or just straight-up falsehood, he has no business being on a platform. I say all that to say the purpose of this time is that we're growing, growing in our knowledge of Scripture. Not just knowledge, but hopefully the application of that knowledge. We also have opportunities to grow our relationship through Sunday school. It's not just a time for community, but it's also a time to dig into Scripture together and grow in our understanding and knowledge of who God is. Wednesday nights are another awesome way. I, I love Wednesday nights. For those of you guys who are here, it's, let me tell you, it's way more casual. Like, i wear jeans, sometimes shorts. I sit on a stool down there. Like, it's really casual. And we have an opportunity that it's much more interactive. I get to hear from you guys. You guys get to talk about questions you may have or your thoughts on Scripture. Because, again, I am not the end-all expert on things Scripture. No pastor is. 
And if we just read our Bible in a vacuum and we never hear from other people, if we never hear how other people view Scripture, we might miss something. I love getting to hear from you guys on Wednesday nights. Most of the time, you know, in here, it's you guys are mostly listening, right? Occasionally, I might be like, hey, what's that say up there, right? But like, for the most part, this is kind of just a one-way thing. Wednesday nights are a much more, a much more um, uh, like back and forth. It's much more of a conversation. And I really enjoy that. So we have these different opportunities to grow at Clouds Creek. But what good is that growth if we're not putting it into action, a growing and maturing believer should always find ways that they can pour out what has been poured into them. The first way, the most easy way, is through serving inside the church. This is the most accessible way to put that growth and our maturing faith into action. And we see the early church do this in Acts through the fact that it says all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need They took care of each other. They served each other. There was this idea of togetherness that that made the church function. It wasn't just one or two people doing everything. It was everybody pitching in, serving together. Serving inside the church, as I said, is the most accessible way to do that. And there's so much to be done here. From something as easy as donating candy to the fall festival to helping out with kids' church, to teaching Sunday school, to teaching kids' Sunday school. I might say that one a couple times. Uh, We had people who were here on Wednesday night who were setting up for the lunch that we're going to have. Surprise, I don't know if anybody mentioned this. We have lunch after this. so Travis did. He mentioned it because he told me I couldn't go too long. Okay. Um, We had volunteers who were setting that up. We have volunteers that help with the building committee, run the tech booth. They send cards, people who send cards to members who are sick or have lost loved ones, organize communion. It takes a lot for us to do everything we want. Did I mention uh, Kids Sunday School? Did I say that one? I just want to make sure I say that one again in case I forgot it. Uh, We just went through a, a brief overview of spiritual gifts on Wednesday nights. And we wanted to talk about what are the abilities that you have been given and how can we put those things to use. If you want to serve in a specific area, come talk to us. Or maybe it's just like, hey, I really want to help. I really want to get plugged in and start doing something, but I don't know what it is. Don't be afraid to come talk to us. We're not just going to be like, we need you to teach kids Sunday school. There you go. And just shove you in there, right? Like we want to find the things that you enjoy. We want to put you where you want to be. We want to put you where God has given you the gifts. God has given you the abilities to serve and grow his church. Come talk to me. Come talk to one of the deacons. Come talk to Wanda or Maddie. Just talk to somebody. We will find a place to get you plugged in. But serving isn't just limited to serving inside the church. We're also called to serve outside the church. And I don't mean like the parking lot. I mean, like, like we go into the community, right? The first part of the Great Commission, he says, therefore, go. It's what Jesus says, therefore, go. Not stay where you are and make sure you do everything really well. Therefore, go. Acts says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. I'm going to come back to that because that one's pretty cool. And it also says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. What's cool about that temple courts part, right? So I've read this verse like my whole life. 
And it always just was like, oh, they're going to church, right? Like that's kind of what it sounds like as they gathered together in the temple courts. But it's not what they were doing. The temple courts were not where Christians were. This is the Jewish temple. These are people who did not believe in Jesus. So them gathering together in the temple courts was them sharing the gospel. This wasn't about fellowship. This was about sharing the gospel. They were going to the temple. That's why people were started getting so angry with them. That's why the religious leaders turned on them as all of a sudden they're taking away the source of their power. People were leaving the Jewish temple to go follow Jesus. Serving outside the church means go, share the gospel. It also means meeting the needs of the world around you. James chapter 2. James says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What good is it to just be like, oh, I'll be praying for you. No, we're called to meet the needs when we know that they're there. It's not just sharing the gospel or praying people, but meeting people's needs. We're called to go into the world to share the gospel, to take care of others. Ways that we do this at Clouds Creek, it's been a little difficult in the past two years where you couldn't really like do things, go places, right? Like that's kind of the world we've been living in. But we've in the past, what we've been able to do is we donated book bags to kids in need in, in Tennessee through the Sarepta Association. Uh, when we could, we were donating supplies, tissues, water bottles to Quiet Oaks, taking it to care for the, for the older people. And for more long distance, this is why we're building a relationship with Island Pond Baptist Church in New Hampshire. I know that the mission trip that we're supposed to have in October got canceled, but I am actually have a phone call set up with the pastor there tomorrow. I'm going to say, hey, how can we be praying for you? How can we help you? And if you think, why are we helping this other church in New Hampshire, right? Like that might be what you're thinking. Let me tell you that in New Hampshire, only 43% of people believe in a God. Only 33% of people believe that religion is important, and only 22% of people regularly attend church. This is according to Pew Research, which is like an independent research organization who's researching, they research all kinds of things. And all of those numbers I just mentioned, 43% believing in God, 33% of people think religion is important, and only 22% of people regularly attending church. For context... That's about half of what those numbers are in the state of Georgia. About half. And that's not to say that like in the state of Georgia, we got it all figured out and we're perfect, right? Like I have no, I'm not saying that that's the case. But just for reference, to the, the people, that's why we're connecting to people in New Hampshire is because that's a place that for real needs Jesus. And so if we can help that pastor share the gospel to those people in, that need to know the love of Christ I think that's a good use, right? While the burden of sharing the gospel with people in your life rests solely on your own shoulders, we want to give you also a place to do it here at Clouds Creek. We want to give you a place that you can serve outside the church and that we're not just focusing on here, that we're going and we're serving outside. And again, like I started off today with, what's incredible is that through your serving, you are then connecting non-believers to Jesus. And they can start this process. And they can connect, they can grow, and they can serve. And through their service, they're going to connect other people to Jesus. 
And that is how we grow the kingdom of God. That is how we reach people. That is how we love the world around us. The founding members of this church 233 years ago, they didn't start it in hopes that it would be a great social club. God has not supported and kept this church going for 233 years because he really likes the name. He hasn't done it because he thinks that our our building is really great. He's done it because we have a job to do, that we have a purpose. That idea of connect, grow, and serve, it should be at the core of everything we do here, whether it's events or whether it's how we're spending our money, it should fall into one of these three categories. We have a purpose. What is our purpose? There we go. A couple of people got it. This is, this is like an interactive, sorry. It wasn't just like a long, dramatic pause. This is like a, you guys. What is our purpose? We're called to do this, to build the kingdom of God. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the example that you set for us through the Great Commission, through the early church in Acts. Father, help us to not just be a place that is just kind of here. That's not the purpose of your church. We have a vision. You gave us purpose in Scripture. Help us to understand that we have to ask, why am I here? Why are we here? What are we doing? I don't want to just be a building that people show up at. God, I pray that we would be your church, connecting to you, connecting to each other, growing in knowledge of who you are and what scripture teaches us. And that, God, that we would put all of that into action We would serve each other. We would care for each other. And that we would take care of the world that is broken and in need of love around us. God, help us to just continually focus on this idea of connect, grow, serve. And that we would truly impact this this area and the world with the goodness of who you are not just pushing a set of morals, but God teaching about love, showing the love of God to people around us. In your name we pray, amen.